Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. For me, our soul is like it's unbound, it's limitless, but we will use words to limit ourselves. When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves, and that's where you become empowered. Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations, because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Today is no exception. I'll let Elise fill you in on her extraordinary guest. All right, over to Elise. Lacey Phillips is a manifestation advisor based in Los Angeles, the founder of To Be Magnetic, and the host of Expanded Podcast. We'll get to what it means to be a manifestation advisor. But essentially, Lacey takes a different approach to the new age manifestation model, combining psychology, neuroscience, and energetics to expand and unblock subconscious limiting beliefs. According to Lacey, manifesting goes way beyond just thinking positive or visualizing until you are blue in the face. We also talk about her belief that self-worth is really the law of attraction and about what blocks us from getting what we want. I believe in my own world, the universe's intention or whomever you're speaking to is just trying to guide us back into our most whole, authentic, worthy selves that we were literally born as. We just built up this onion layer of pain and shame that is called an ego, and that's all we're trying to do is crack down and peel down, right? One other thing, sorry if you hear a tiny bit of background noise. It could be a passing car or even plants playing music because we hosted in Goop Health outside at the awesome Rolling Greens in downtown LA. And yes, we listened to plants composing music, which is the thing. And it was a very goopy scene. Let's cut to my chat with Lacey Phillips. Okay, so what exactly is a manifestation advisor? You How know, did you get here? Yeah, I think it's a, a more palatable title than manifestation coach for me is how I came up with it. But I think anybody who's ever listened to the podcast, I say this all the time that 
I came to LA first. I was an actress and a model, and I was broke, and I just wanted to figure out how to have control over my monetary lifestyle. And so I had a family intuitive that was my mom's intuitive that said, go pick up this book on manifestation, read it to a T, and you'll manifest everything you've ever wanted. And I guess in essence, she was right, but it was the same messaging that a lot of us are familiar with, which is think positive, visualize, hi, you know, be what you want to be, stay in the frequency, get into the vortex. And I would try all of that until I was blue in the face. I mean, I was like at the point where I was spiritual bypassing so much that I was so afraid of being negative, of attracting more. And I'm like, I don't want to be more poor. Like, I don't want to be more single and all of the stuff that comes with it. And around 25, I started to notice a little bit of patterning that when I would manifest very kismet things, it wasn't ever in the ways that was suggested. It was never through positivity. It was never through visualization. And I started to look at what I was doing and I went, I'm going to throw away everything I've ever learned and I want to watch my patterning. And that's just how my brain works. It's all about categorizing and patterning. And so I started to notice wow, when I actually manifest, it's when I'm stepping into my self-worth. And I started to have my own little relationship with it. I was like, maybe I'm just good at this and crazy, but I don't think that the law of attraction has anything to do with positivity. It has everything to do with subconscious self-worth. And so I took the next five years to really watch what that looked like for me. And at the same time, I was just healing a lot of familial patterning that I had picked up growing up. And I started to notice anytime I did that, I would unlock and clear space for things to come through. And so after about five years of perfecting that, I was private chefing at the time for really big people in Los Angeles. And I would always talk about it. It was just my languaging. I would be like, I manifested this. The universe brought me that. And one of them was like, well, I want to see, like, show me what you're doing here because you do seem to manifest a lot of things. And I was like, I don't know if anybody else can do this, but I'll show you. And and they started to manifest and friends started to manifest. And it was finally one of my clients that said, you're good at this whole holistic chefing thing, but I think this is actually your gift in the world. And so I put it out, I think it's been three years now and it just took off. And it was really an answer for a lot of people. So take us through what that work looks like of, it's not just a vision board, it's an examination. So can you give us some concrete examples? Absolutely. So I like to say, I think for people who are very familiar with that old processing, I like to say that there are three things that are fundamentally different. Number one being that I don't think, again, manifestation has much to do with positivity. I actually think positivity is symptomatic of when we do step into our worth or we do feel more whole or authentic and complete. So that's where I think in the past people maybe associated positivity with manifestation. So number one, I believe that manifestation fully comes from completely your self-worth. And I don't believe we manifest from our thoughts. In fact, I believe we manifest from our subconscious imprintation that we picked up in childhood. So from zero to seven, anything that we witnessed that we were really like accolades that we had or we were loved for, we were admired for, those are things that we manifest very simply or things that we saw modeling of that was very positive and and abundant and simple. We have a lot of space to bring that in. However, things that we experienced in childhood trauma, I know trauma can be a very big and triggering word. However, I think that trauma is a spectrum. I think anywhere you felt shame or you witnessed shame considered 
or it created a block, it imprinted a block in our subconscious. So in that perspective, I believe that we're just continuing to project out from those spaces over and over again, manifesting back over and over, whatever that representation is. And so I started to know, notice a really profound difference in changing that, and I'll get to that in a minute. A second fundamental thing is, is I don't really believe in visualizing, essentially, because I would visualize till I was blue in the face. I mean, I would be an actress, you know, cocktailing at the Laugh Factory on Sunset, like visualizing my Malibu home with like a sauna <laughs> and really beautiful things. And it wasn't coming through. But I did start to notice the patterning that whenever, and you can call them comparisons, I call them expanders. That's the title of the podcast, the Expanded Podcast. Whenever I would notice somebody that I felt similar to, you know, I felt like there was a lot of similarities in our childhood or our upbringing or what we were up to. So I would say when I would notice somebody like that and they had or embodied or were successful in whatever I was desiring, my subconscious would actually create space and buy into the fact that it would be a reality for me as well. Mm -hmm. So I call them expanders or comparisons. When we see somebody we see to believe it's possible. That's far more effective, I found, than ever any visualization I had ever done. And then a third component that's very different is that I believe that, again, self-worth is the law of attraction. And so I do believe, and nobody ever, ever showed me this or taught me this, and it would have really saved a lot of time in this process of manifestation, that we're tested by the universe, God, whomever you know your higher power is. We're often tested before our manifestations come through. And what we're being tested for is to see if we will continue to settle where we've settled in the past. So wherever we've played small in a relationship or a job, or our own relationship with ourselves, or the way that we connect with friendships and relationships. When we continue to do that, we, we block ourselves from getting what we want. So I believe the universe will send through. So say if you're calling in a partnership, for instance, and you've gone through like the calling in aspect, and you've done the work through unblocking, which I'll talk about in a moment, and you've expanded, like you've gone out and found these relationships that you can really relate to that embody what you want. And now your subconscious can see, unlike your childhood programming, that such a thing exists. At that point, the universe will often send you tests. It'll be kind of what you're looking for, but somebody who's emotionally unavailable. Or it'll be the whole package, but somebody who, you know, doesn't meet an aspect of your needs that you really need, we're often tested. And what we're being tested for, again, is if we will lower our self-worth, if we're not going to be in our self-worth. And after we pass those tests, that's when we tend to connect with what we want. And I think when I sort of came out with this model, everybody was like, oh my God, this is so refreshing. There's something actionable and this makes sense. And I've seen this before. And I just think it was something that, yeah, it was again, it was like, a model that was less abstract, like visualizing and being in the vortex. It's like, actually, if you just do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, you usually get what you right. want. No, and it's true. And I think it can be paralyzing, this idea that we are so superhuman and we have, and I do think we're superhuman, but that we have so much power that we can simply think something and it would happen. Because clearly that's not how life works, or at least that's not how my life works. I always like to give the example that if we manifested from our thoughts all day long, we're thinking in such polarity that it's like, I'm great, I suck, this is awesome, look at that person so much better than me, or I want that, I don't. If we were that powerful, our lives would be a shit show. Right. <laughs> it would be insane. And the world would be even more chaotic than it already Way is. Way more chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. So, all right, so take us through, let's start at this with, we can use money, we can use love, whatever you think is clearest. Absolutely. But So, 
if we're talking about money. So if, you, if that's your subconscious belief that you will never be safe, you will never have enough, you will never have financial security, and that, so you're saying until you reparent that out of yourself and soothe that baby, Absolutely. that's what you're creating. So I feel like I can really speak to this one because I come from a huge lack environment, which I think many people do. And I lived in a lack environment for very long. It took me a very long time to get out of that patterning. And once I kind of figured it out, I was like, oh, this is actually quite simple. When you understand the energetics around it, it becomes very formulaic. And so the way that that kind of looks, again, some people, I used to, when I would take clients, I would have clients that would come that came from these very abundant circumstances, but they couldn't find themselves making money. So a lot of the times there, there would be, you know, subconscious programming that maybe the dad was the breadwinner and the mom never followed through with a dream that she had. And so therefore she was a caretaker. So the imprintation of our limbic brain, our subconscious brain would be like, as a woman, if I was working with a woman, as a woman, I will have a dream, but I'll end up being a nurturer and I can't actually have what I want. And this would be somebody who's gone to like an incredible university who has done great internships but still can't figure out how to make money and it's like if we're continuing and we're not even aware we're continuing to loop on that and have that projection there's just nowhere for that to come through so again with that model of money for instance and the work that I do I do it mostly through hypnosis and it's a little bit of a different process traditional hypnosis I find to be a bit spiritual bypassy as well. It's like just completely reinforce the positive. And my brain, or I like to say, if you have very low self-worth or you initially started with low self-worth, I find that our subconscious brains can be very intelligent where it's like, mm, I still don't believe that reinforcement of the positive. Mm -hmm. I actually have to get to the root and see where this comes from and actually look and see that it's possible for me to change that and go out and find the expanders that show me that they come from a similar environment and they've gone on to create what they want and then some tests will come our way usually is how, and I'm simplifying the process. But again, this is like a workshop right. I have for like $68. <laughs> so that, and then that middle, the expander, and yeah. obviously there's sort of the, there's how we're programmed by our parents, how we're culturally programmed, I would imagine, yeah. of, in terms of what's available or what's possible for women yeah. or people of color. And then like an expander would be someone like Michelle Obama Absolutely. or a generation of girls who can say, I can do that. Absolutely. Bring that to yeah. me. Exactly. So is that an expander or is it a more complex idea? No, it's actually very simple. You just simplified it perfectly. The, the whole concept of, of an expander, may it be whatever you're manifesting, you can have fragment expanders or you can have whole expanders. So a woman of color client comes to me and let's say, you know, somebody who's coming from South Central and they've been over and over programmed over and over that you're not going to achieve this, you're not going to get out of this, you're not going to have better than this. And then they, they see to believe through one mentor, one woman in social media, one documentary speaks to them of another woman who has gone through that circumstance and has gone on now to transcend and accomplish this alone. That already starts to create the space for in your subconscious for it to open up for you to have space for what you want to come through. And you can find expanders everywhere. You can find them on social media you can find them. Again, I love saying that documentaries or movies are great places because when we're sitting there watching a documentary or a show, we're in a hypnotic state, right? Like our subconscious comes forward, we go into theta. So it can't tell the difference between what's real or not real. So when we're tuning out to this movie or this documentary, and it's a comparison that we really relate to or a story or a narrative that we completely identify with, 
all of a sudden, without us even knowing it on a subconscious level, we're creating that space. And so it's very simple to kind of look at, look at it like this. Basically, the three... The three components to manifestation, I believe, are that you have to, let's say, here you are, you're subconscious, and you have this imprintation from childhood may it have been witnessed or may it have been experienced. Because witnessing shame, say, a parent who constantly is commenting on, you know, body image of somebody else, you growing up, maybe your mom didn't have body image or a parent didn't have body image, and you see them just commenting on that other person, that experience shame is enough for you to imprint in your shadow that, oh my gosh, if I ever look like that, I'll never be loved, right? So I call that a block, right? So here's your block. That's number one. And all I say is like, you have to get down to your subconscious and unlock that. You have to show it a different story. So at that point, you remove the block, but let's say you're not expanded, something you're wanting in your life, going back to money again. You grew up in a lack environment. You still haven't seen, your community was in very much lack. Like I grew up in a small conservative town. There's a lot of lack going on there. Had I have not come to LA, I probably wouldn't have seen enough comparisons to expand what would, what would have been potential for me financially. So that at that point, you need to expand and that creates the space for what you want to come through. And then the last little bit of it essentially is whatever you're calling in, right? just the human nature of us all, we tend to want something greater than where we are. So it's usually at a self-worth level a little bit higher. I'll go back to an example of partnerships, for instance. Usually you're calling in somebody, for the most part, clients that I work with are calling in somebody who is very emotionally available, has all the qualities they want to embody, is successful, X, Y, and Z, whatever you're looking for, tends to be up here. However, maybe you've been dating around here some of those qualities are met, but there's not emotional availability. Whatever that can look like for you, you're going to be tested to make sure that you can connect with what that is. So it's really literally about unblocking, expanding, passing the test to connect with what you want on a self-worth level. We talked about, you know, you're mentioning documentaries, movies. Once it's unblocked or once it's expanded, can it shut? Like when you see negative things or an expression of your deepest fears, is that starting to muddle those open canals? I feel like, I always like to call manifestation a trust muscle, right? Because the lower self-worth we have initially for whatever we're working towards or wanting or calling in, it's a pretty big leap of faith. That's why the whole visualization thing, like you have to jump off a pretty big cliff mentally to be like, I could have that. You know what I mean? So it's like the more we tend to manifest bigger and bigger things, our trust muscle tends to get stronger and stronger. And at that point, when you start to witness, say, a negative narrative in association to what you want, it's a lot slimmer for you to have something closed down. But let's say, let's take, for instance, you've gone on to manifest the partner, right? You have the partner, it's going well, and then you start to witness a very similar dynamic of partnership from a friend and somebody starts cheating on somebody. That can certainly start to create a narrative of fear or that I could lose or insecurity in the relationship, right? So at that point, you're just kind of counteracting. You're really wanting to, I like to say, curate your subconscious. I'm a big curator of subconscious. And I don't mean this to be like privilege and staying in a bubble whatsoever, but in association to whatever you're manifesting, you'll just want to start to kind of close down that the attention that you're giving to that circumstance and you'll want to move it 
over and pivot it to more expanders who tend to be in the positive. So if you experience trauma later in life, you're going to go through that healing process and work with your professional, and you're going to want to go out and find the expanders who have overcome that kind of trauma. So I don't know if that feels like it answers what you're saying, but it's like weigh out more of what you're wanting with more expanders than that one thing you're taking in. Right. You know what I mean? No, that totally makes sense. This is fascinating. You're like a, a witch <laughs> into it. And so it's like an energetic witch. <laughs> and you mentioned that you mentioned privilege. So let's say you manifest everything that you feel. I don't know what you're what you're manifesting or what you, who your expanders are, what you're driving for. But is there is the idea that if we can all start to manifest from a place of positivity and fill our lives with the things that nourish us, that the world starts to change? Or can you manifest for culture? Can you manifest for the globe? Can you manifest for Earth? This is a great question. And I'm a huge proponent that you can't manifest for others, right? Mm. Because if we could, my mom wouldn't be an alcoholic. (laughs) If we could, if I had control of somebody else's destiny, a lot of people in my lives, their lives would look very differently as a fixer, you know, and a child of an alcoholic. However, what I do feel like we have the most power to be is a vision holder, I like to call it. It's where we can be an expander who can look through somebody else and hold the vision of where they're going for them and build them up. We can Mm. also be an expander and be an inspiration to everybody. I feel like that's our goal and our duty on the planet. So I'm a firm believer the more that we, and I believe that the whole intention of manifestation in general, like I believe in my own world, the universe's intention or whomever you're speaking to is just trying to guide us back into our most whole, authentic, worthy selves that we were literally born as. We just built up this onion layer of pain and shame that is called an ego. And that's all we're trying to do is crack down and peel down, right? So I believe the more of us that are on this path that are trying to get back into our most whole, authentic, worthy selves, whatever that looks like for anybody, it could totally not even be on the material plane. It could just be on the energetic plane. The more we're going to expand others that such as possible. And that I believe has a massive trickle effect as well as doing your duty. When you see somebody that is so much like a younger version of you or a version of you anywhere that you can go and vision hold for them where you're like, I see where you're going. It's magical, not projecting your stuff on them, but also just really finding their qualities, their magic, and really seeing that and pointing it out and building building somebody up, I believe that that has like an immense effective capacity, especially in a culture like ours that is so heated. It's so, I don't know, it's so divided in a lot of ways politically. There's so much division happening that I think the less that we're calling out and we're pointing fingers at problems and the more that we're inspiring our community and vision holding our community or our algorithm or whatever we have the the capability of doing, mm-hmm. I see that being like a transformation on the planet. Yeah. I also just think that the, the very basic premise of what you're saying is something we hold dearly at Goop, which is that we all have autonomy over our own lives. And yeah. I think you see women taking their power back, whether it's in the doctor's office or culturally. Absolutely. And so this, uh, uh, this is sort of anti-victimhood, right? Or the opposite of, not anti, but the opposite of victimhood and this idea that, and I would imagine when you work with people, part of it is sort of the teasing out of like what, what is in your life and how did it get there? Absolutely. And honestly, I used to take clients and I got to a point where I was like, how empowering is it where somebody can go through the journey of figuring that out for themselves? Because I know that victimhood 
where, wherever we are in our consciousness can be a very triggering word for somebody. It used to be for me for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. But then there's this place that I believe the only way to take your power back is to take your story back and to be like, nah, this doesn't have to be my story if I don't want it to be. In fact, there's a roadmap to have whatever story I want and to create whatever story I want. Where, whatever that looks like for you, it's so different from for everybody. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like, yeah, there's a, a, a deep sense of empowerment you can have from going on that journey to ask yourself those questions of like, where did I get this imprintation? Why do I have this block? I don't have to. I can't. I have like the autonomy, the power. I'm empowered enough that I can go and create whatever story. Last year, I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. I want... Just a second, we're taking a quick break. People typically think of Goop as a brand for women, which will always be part of our DNA. But as our growing group of male readers and listeners tell us, a lot of the conversations we're most interested in having at Goop are non-gendered. Or if they are gendered, they seem to be very applicable to men. For a long time, we've been focused on creating spaces for women to be vulnerable and curious, to feel empowered, to ask questions without shame, and to reclaim some autonomy over their health and lives. We clearly have a ways to go in the culture, but it's our hope that as we make strides as women, we can also be a part of carving out some pockets of space for men to have conversations about physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health as well. And if along the way, Goop could also serve men as a source of information, a place to find different and new perspectives, well, we'd really love that. If you're one of our male listeners, thank you. I hope you'll check out our new spin-off podcast series called Goop Fellas, which is hosted by two guys and that you'll sign up for a monthly newsletter for men, which we've just launched. You can check out some of the content and subscribe at goop.com slash men's. We're excited to hear what you think. And if you're not a dude, but there's a guy in your life who you really love, dad, brother, friend, boyfriend, partner, colleague, husband, I think you know what to do. Forward that URL right along. Goop.com slash M-E-N-S. This June, I'm heading across the pond with GP and some of the Goop crew for our first in Goop Health in London. This is our version of a wellness summit, and it's going down the weekend of June 29th to June 30th. It's a little bit of a pinch me moment. I remember when GP first had the idea to launch a wellness summit, and it has been a privilege to watch the community of women and a few men grow from every in Goop Health we've hosted in New York, Los Angeles, and last year in Vancouver. I feel super grateful that we now get to bring this experience to London, where we already have a lot of friends and where we look forward to making many more new ones. The summit on that Saturday, June 29th, will be an exploration of what it means to feel and be well, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. 
There will be talks and panels where experts share new information, insights, and perspectives. There will be classes and workshops where extraordinary practitioners will share tools that you can use in your daily life. There will be food and, of course, drinks. Saturday is an all-day affair, and it's totally worth it if you ask me. But if you want to just drop into Ingoop Health for a single class or workshop, check out all the sessions we're offering on Sunday, which is more of a choose-your-own-adventure a la carte setup. That Sunday, we're going to be hosting some cool workouts, energy healing groups, and wellness workshops. And one of my very favorite people, psychotherapist Barry Michaels, is coming with us from LA to lead his incredibly special, life-changing workshop. This is all a long-winded way to say, I hope to see you in London. Head to goop.com slash health to buy tickets to Saturday Summit, Sunday's individual sessions, or to reserve a wellness weekend or pass if you want to ball out with us even longer. That's goop.com slash health. And now, back to today's conversation. How do you reconcile just thinking about being the child of an alcoholic and the, who know? I mean, I know addiction and, and it's, a, it's a soup of factors, right? So how do, you, how do you separate what some people, and I don't believe this, would say is like a, a genetic determination about you from what's available? Like, do you feel like there, that has no bearing on what's possible? I think this is so, so triggering. And I think as somebody who is a child of an alcoholic and truthfully has grown up with like nothing but addiction around me, I personally, I don't love the narrative that it's a disease and I can't overcome it. I'll always be it. In fact, I've, I've just seen too many people to prove me wrong in my friendship groups that I, I, I literally can't even buy into that. But if that's, a, if that's a narrative that works for somebody and their like recovery process, that's beautiful. If that's, if that's, what's going to keep someone sober and feel strong and and in their power. However, I have seen so many people transcend that I personally don't see it as super genetic. I know that there are DNA testings that can show you. Like I've had, I've dated a partner and I have a best friend who literally black out after a couple of drinks, (laughs) like they genetically cannot handle booze, you know? But again, I've also seen that best friend at this point in her life. She's like, yeah, I'm a mom now. I want to be present. Therefore I'm not imbibing, you know, and not to say that that's, that's the path of recovery or that it's easy like that. I just, again, if she had grown up with that programming and that narrative that mm, it's genetic in you, you're probably going to end up this way and, and that it was continuing to be reinforced, who knows what her, her messaging would be and her narrative would be in today. So I like to personally empower people in that, that I, I believe you can have whatever story you want based on your recovery process that's unique to you. Yeah, that's interesting. So how do you, and I know that you have many, many courses that are intense, so intense. Yeah. No, but it's interesting because like some of the work is hard, right? Like you're asking people to excavate and explore childhoods and trauma. Do you typically, do you like people to do this in sort of the company of a therapist or? thousand percent. I like yeah. it's all over our blog because I mean I'm not there to support somebody I'm not a therapist I've always always said please 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 it's at the bottom of every like welcome page (laughs) it's like please reach out to your whatever your support system is if it's a 12-step group if it's a therapist if it's a friendship because you can't afford those means like please please especially if things get too triggering and too hard please work with a professional that's huge for me and 
I think during my process, I've gone in and out of phases of talk therapy and different therapy modalities. At this point, I don't traditionally need that a lot of support in that. But again, I've been through, I think, most of right. the thick of it. But some people experience such deep trauma and, you know, such violation that I think it would really, I think it's really, really important and responsible for somebody to do this work with a support system when needed. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about the universe testing you. Yeah. Because I know that that's, that's sort of the moment I think you describe it as like, I don't know if you describe it this way, but where it's, you know, the seed is in the ground and it's dark, like before you yeah toward the light. What do you call yeah. it? Dark? The magic dark. The totally. magic dark. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah, this is a great question because a lot of people will hear my podcast or they'll read, you know, blogs or, or stuff on social media and they'll be like, I think I'm in the magic dark right now. Yeah. But to be really specific about this, so... The process of manifestation that I teach is actually super formulaic, like I've mentioned. And so you go through the steps of calling in, you'll go through the steps of expanding through expanders, and then you'll get to the point of test and you'll be tested. And it's it's really wild because you'll start to see tests coming through and now you can recognize them and you're empowered when they're showing up and you're not just blindsided by like these dating experiences or job opportunities or whatever you're manifesting. After you've passed the very hard test, you tend to go through this moment. Most people do. I saw this in patterning. I still go through it all the time that I call the magic dark. And that's this point where you've passed really hard tests. Like you've really grown your self-worth. You've really been going through the work of unblocking. And all of a sudden you're hearing crickets. I mean, it's like, it's like when the water recedes and it's a you're hoping it'll come back in or it's the darkest before the dawn. And you're like, where did my momentum go? I could see and pinpoint everything that was happening. It was going accordingly. And now there's nothing. And what that final moment is usually that you're being tested are two things. One, that you 100% believe in, again, whoever your source is that you're talking to, that they will give you what you want. Two, that you absolutely are not willing to settle for anything less. It's like this final moment to be like, you sure? You sure you're not going to go back to that job that treated you like shit because your savings was running out? Like, you sure you're not going to call that ex-boyfriend? Or, or if your thing of getting attention is through sexuality and you're, it's not an empowered sexuality, are you sure you're not going to just go hook up because it's been a dry spell for a long time? Like, wherever you used to settle before, it's a, are you sure? Do you 100% believe that I can give you what you want? And then B, you know, are you sure you you're ready to go there. Like you're not going to settle for less. Yeah. And do you think that it's that, that it's the test because if you actually get what you want before you're ready, you won't treasure it? No, no. I really believe again, like I do believe the law of attraction for lack of a better word, but it's, it's something that's been created and coined. That's a good way to describe it is that self-worth has to match self-worth. So again, I think like you're literally being primed to be at the same worth level. Again, like a sense of empowerment and wholeness and worthiness as what you're calling in because it's usually greater than where you are. So it's not like, oh, she, they're going to fumble. He or she is going to fumble and, you know, they'll let it all go. It'll slip through their fingers. No, you're literally like, for lack of a better word, getting in vibration and self-worth with that thing. May it be a job, your own relationship with yourself, money, partnership. I really believe that's what it is. Is there a risk of sort of over-manifesting? Like, do you ever need to check yourself? Dude, there is one thing that will happen. <laughs> I think I even have a YouTube video on this because we will get people that write in and they're like, whoa, 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 I'm manifesting so much, it's coming through. And there's this huge sense that'll happen. 
A, will this all get taken away from me? And B, do I actually deserve this? And I like to call it, it's sort of like, it's like a hangover that comes, you know, Mm. where you're having to reckon with the things in your life, especially if you come from scarcity or a lot of things, rugs were taken out from under you when you were young. This still happens to me a lot. Like when I manifested the house that I live in, which is our retreat house up north, there there were moments when construction finished while I was lying in bed and I was like, I don't deserve this. Whoa, it's going to, a fire is going to burn it down because there's always wildfires there or all this old superstition will pop up. So that's a really good indicator of like, "Mm, I need to do some more unblocking to catch up with what's come into my life. All of these beautiful and good things. And no, it's not all going to get taken away from you. That's absolutely a superstition. And B, you absolutely deserve what you have because it's in your life, you know? It's just a little bit more of, of work you need to do. It's like a hangover. You have to catch up to the energy of it, I feel. And so, and along those lines, how do you know that you're manifesting to like your highest power, highest worth and not manifesting? I mean, I'm assuming you can manifest in the wrong direction or no. I don't really like, again, whenever it's sort of the wrong direction, here's an example of what you're saying, which I think will lay it out pretty well. I'll get people... Aries tend to be the quickest manifestors on the planet. Like you're an Aries sun. It's because you guys are usually uninhibited. If you don't have like crazy blocks around whatever you're calling in, you guys are crazy. You're lucky. It's a gift. However, I'll have like Aries clients will have the situation happen where they'll be like, oh man, I got everything on my list. It was exactly what I was calling in. And then they'll be like, it's not, I guess it's not actually really what I want. Like it'll come. (laughs) And, And so I always say, great, like move on to the next thing. And I think that's a really beautiful cancellation system as it would be if you had to do it preemptively, you know, of like, well, is this really what I want? You know, are these the qualities and aspects that are truly my core essence desire for my soul? And it's kind of in real time and in the material yeah. plane you get to see and you're like, no, that's actually not the partner I really wanted. And then you move on to the next. I can't imagine not being a little bit of a like victim of your own life in the sense of actually taking the time to be like, what do I want? Like, I don't know how people come. How do people arrive at that? You know, that's probably the biggest question we get are people who are feeling like they don't have clarity over what they want. And I'm like, just do the work. Don't worry about that. Watch what starts to show up in your life when you're not even controlling the process. You're just unblocking and expanding to be your best version of yourself in terms of your most whole, authentic, worthy self. You know, so it's like, if you don't know what you want, awesome. Like, it's scary in what societal programming represents because we are programmed to be so specific and clear with sort of a one trajectory but it's like watch the magic and the beauty when you don't and you're just following the other aspects and passing tests you know something like everybody can take away today and start doing is anything in your life where you're feeling small start saying no watch how much magnetism you start having a friend who kind of treats you like shit that's not a great compatible friend for you right now, give them the, you know, put them at arm's length and start to really only allow the things in your life that make you feel good, that are a hell yes in your life. And just that alone starts to create magnetism. No crazy childhood unblocking needed yet, you know? And so that's just where if you just start to implement these really basic things, a lot of magic can start to transpire. Yeah. Who are the expanders in your life? Ooh, right now... Eckhart Tolle is a big one. You know, everyone, it would always be like Oprah. And it's, you know, and it's not just the spirituality realm of it, but my team, they started to ask. They were like, Lacey, we need to get very clear because like opportunities are coming and things are happening. There's a book and all this stuff. And they were like, is it Oprah? Is it like Tony Robbins? And I'm like, 
God, no. I don't, you know, like I don't want any of that. I want to live in a forest and come out when I feel like it and, you know, really be in the present moment and, and have a life. So in terms of a career front, Eckhart Tolle is a big one. On my podcast, I just had Sri Madi, which is a really beautiful mm. spiritual woman who wears many hats. And as a mother and the matriarch of her family, she's a big one that I've realized recently. I have a lot of expanders because I'm very my masculine. So I have a lot of expanders who represent the feminine to me. Shiva Rose, you guys know very well. She always She's a good friend and comes up a lot. She's very in her feminine. Did you say you... So are you buried your feminine or you? I'm I for sure from childhood. Okay. hundred percent. And I'm always working on like being more in that and being, and I'm also, I just have a very masculine astrology chart. Yeah. <laughs> like everything's very masculine in my life. Yeah. No, I, we, we, we have a lot in common. in common. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a more dominant masculine side. I know. You guys can't tell. But it's hard. You wear it well, though. I'm always like you. I always have, like, the one masculine anchor, <laughs> but I, like, try to put the feminine into it. Put a dress on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It helps. Put some pink lipstick on. Yeah, exactly. Some lashes. We both grew up. I grew up in Montana, and she's near Yosemite with horses mucking around in the dirt, which is kind of the best way to be. As a kid, oh my, but I did resent, I guess it was older though. I would be like, cause my mom grew up in Eagle Rock and I was like, I'm so mad that she didn't raise me in LA. And now I'm like, I'm so grateful. Yeah, now she didn't we're all feeding a hasty retreat. Totally. <laughs> I know. I want to manifest myself as a rodeo queen. Yes. Yes. It's like you do, but you don't. I do like my know. dad's a roper, so yeah. I know exactly what that is. Oh, those rodeo queens at the fair. Yeah. That was stunning. It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, is this, is this the sort of practice that can, is too much power for some people? Oh, no. I think there's so much work ahead of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think you could be unblocking until the day you die that it, it's just not like that. It's, it's powerful. It can, things can happen very quickly. But again, there's just like, there's the divinity of, you, your self-worth, your story. There's so many moving parts that it's, I don't think it could ever be too powerful. It's not that crazy. It's not that crazy? No, it's not like magic. It's not, it's literally not spiritual bypassing or a magic bullet. You have to put yeah. in the work. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Do you know Jim Doty? He's been on the podcast and he was taught, he grew up in extreme lack. He's at Stanford. He's a neurosurgeon and he, it's called Seek Care, the Center for Compassion, Altruism. Wow. He's friends with every spiritual. He's like, drops you an email and he's like, oh, I'm going to be on, in LA on my way. I'm on my way to see the Pope for a few days. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. But he learned how to manifest. He, he went into a magic shop as a child. Again, grew up with, in a house of addiction and scarcity. And this woman was there with her son and she, he taught her, she taught him how to manifest and he created an, a very abundant world. Wow. Managed to get himself to school, to college, not even really knowing what a college was. Yeah. But he had these incredible powers of manifestation that he learned. And then he got to a point of wealth and prestige and fame and lost it all. Yeah. And then realized that he had never wanted any of it. But it had all wow. come from a list he had made as a seven-year-old wow. to be a doctor, to have a Porsche. Oh, yeah. To have $20 million or whatever it was. You know, I, I think this is such a great conversation because 
I had this moment happen and it sounds like his life parallels mine in a lot of ways. Yeah. And when I finally had bought this retreat house through the brand that we have that we're about to launch, I was driving one day to it and I had this moment where I was like, I have everything I set out to have. Like I have everything three years ago from a list, every single component. And I started to go, cool. So now what's the meaning of life? Yeah. And I think it's really special when... I think a lot of people will, will do the work on themselves for the dangling carrot of the material plane of what to have. And I think it's so important. I, I actually philosophize this with a lot of friends where a lot of people forget that Siddhartha Buddha, when he went into, you know, truly understanding Buddhism and like non-attachment, he had everything. He was a prince. He had the family. He had everything. And then he could go and finally explore that. Whereas I think there are two, mm -hmm. there's two messaging systems in Eastern philosophy where you have like the mysticism of Yogi Bhajan and like have everything you want and the tantra and the sexuality. And then you have the messaging of Buddhism that's complete non-attachment and presence. And I think it's so fascinating how people can arrive there. I even see myself starting to go, cool, cool, cool. I, like, here's the material playing. Got it. But now I finally, because I feel like society asks us and pressures us to have a lot of things on the material plane, that now I can really start to philosophize what's the meaning of life. And I'm starting to move more in that direction of, of mindfulness and compassion. And yeah. I think a lot of people arrive at that. So it's just something to keep in mind, you know, when when we want for not, I, I feel like we can start to be truly present. And I, I had to arrive there through the material plane because I come from such lack. Like I would have always been like, when I have this, I'll be happy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that. So pat yourself on the back if you're like trying to practice non-attachment and Buddhism, but you're still like caught up in the material. It's such a, it's so polarizing that I think there's something to be said about his story. And I think that's yeah. really cool. No, and I, I love the idea, too, of you exercising our muscles to build faith in the universe, to feel held, like the maternal embrace of, like, yeah. of safety so that you can stop. I think we all know what that's like to be obsessively fixating on what we need or what we don't have. With the illusion. Um, with the illusion, yeah. And then it's like, if you can scratch those itches, what a gift yeah. to get to the place of realizing that there's more work to do. Oh, yeah. And there's just <laughs> so much more pleasure to be had. Thanks for listening to my chat with Lacey. You can learn more about her way of manifesting on goop.com slash the podcast and on her site to bemagnetic.com. And take a listen to her own podcast, Expanded. All right, that's all for the day. Don't forget to rate and review. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. And I really hope you'll share the Goop podcast with a friend. I'll be back here this Thursday for more. And in the meantime, you can check out goop.com slash the podcast.